This is Salesforce Way Podcast. In this episode, a guest is invited to talk on one specific subject. Our goal is to help our listeners to not only become better Salesforce developers, but more in general, better software engineers. So, hope you enjoy our content. Hey everybody! This is Shishao. This is yet another episode of Salesforce Way podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Scott Wells, the author of Illuminated Cloud. Hello, Scott. Hi, Shi. Hey, would you like to introduce yourself?、Uh, sure.、Um, so, I'm Scott Wells.、Uh, I've been uh, writing uh, writing software professionally for、uh, about 25 years. It's been a passion of mine almost all my life. And、uh, got into the Salesforce ecosystem toward the end of 2010 as an ISV, and、uh, somewhere along the way, and I think she and I will probably talk about this a little bit in the podcast.、Uh, I started working on a tool called Illuminated Cloud, and、uh, we'll certainly elaborate on what that is. But it's a it's an IDE for Salesforce development, and uh, uh, I've just、uh, really enjoyed being a part of the the Salesforce developer ecosystem over the last、uh, nine years or so. That's fantastic. Uh, I invited Scott you to、uh, this session because I've、uh, definitely heard a lot about the Illuminated Cloud. Because、uh, a lot of my colleagues they are, they are using this、uh, IDE. Some of them have the Java background, and some of them have used the IntelliJ IDE before. I think the IC is based on the IntelliJ, if I'm not mistaken. So they have this kind of a desire. Okay, I've already、uh, familiar with this tool. I'm familiar with Java environments. What if we could have, you know, such a tool that are based on IntelliJ and we can use it for the Salesforce development? That would be an ideal world for them. I think that was、um, how they started、uh, with IC, the Illuminated Cloud, and they also introduced、uh, this tool to me and say, okay. Uh, would you like to invite Scott to the session? Also talk about the IC and let the more listeners to be aware of、uh, such a fantastic、uh, Salesforce tooling. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's、uh, you're exactly right.、Uh, Illuminated Cloud、uh, is a, a plugin for another set of IDEs. Uh, from a company called JetBrains,、uh, they actually have a full suite of IDEs for various languages and platforms, and and that's exactly how I how Illuminated Cloud got started. That's how I came into it. Is、uh, I've been a user of IntelliJ IDEA for Java development for a long time, really since like version three, maybe fifteen, sixteen years. And、um, when I got into Salesforce development, I was really missing. Some of the features of that IDE, and that's that's kind of how Illuminated Cloud got started.、Um, but it it also works with several of the other JetBrains IDEs like WebStorm and、uh, and and PyCharm and RubyMine.、Uh, so really, it's a plugin for the full JetBrains、uh, product suite, except for their their、uh, native C Sharp IDE.、Mm. For the IntelliJ, because I'm not really a, a user of that,、uh, one big impression I got is.、Uh, When I watch those、uh, videos, those programming videos from the famous developers like、uh, Uncle Bob, they use IntelliJ for heavy code refactoring, and they have all those sort of、uh, you know hotkey magic in, in IntelliJ that can easily extract the the functions, you know,、uh, put it into into a private method or kind of refactoring the variable names. So it seems quite convenient and efficient. So, how about、uh, the Illuminate Cloud? Do you kind of inherit all those、uh, cool features from IntelliJ? Yeah, that, that's a great question.、Um, because a lot of people always want to know 
how, where do you draw the line between what the base IDE gives you and what you actually have to do yourself um, to, to create, to extend the product? Mm -hmm. um, so in, yeah, IntelliJ idea, uh, it, as I said earlier, is extremely feature rich and, and that, that lends itself to the other JetBrains products as well, uh, it, like refactoring and, and static code analysis on the fly, those types of features that really make development uh, really pleasant and it takes a lot of the manual uh, tedium out of out of things that you have to do as you evolve your code base. Uh, the IDE has a, a plugin SDK. Uh, that's how I create Illuminated Cloud. That's how anyone who wants to create new functionality in the IDE does it. And the plugin SDK uh, allows you to register new languages with the IDE. And to do that, you have to uh, you have to create a grammar. Um, that describes the rules of the syntax of that language and register that uh, really a parser that consumes that grammar. You have to register that with the IDE. And once that that's in place, it unlocks a whole set of functionality or at least access to a whole set of functionality. So uh, one of the first things that I had to do was I had to, I had to create a, uh, a parser um, for Apex and, um, and Apex is not a documented language. Uh, it's based very heavily on uh, an older version of Java, Java 5. But there are a lot of changes to it. Uh, you know, some features were taken out like uh, uh, full Java generics. Um, some features were added like inline query capabilities and, and properties and other uh, visibility modifiers like global and with, with and without sharing. So the first thing I had to do was get, get a parser going. Um, that took a while. Um, but once I had a parser going and it was able to generate what's called an abstract syntax tree, basically a representation of a document that's been parsed, um, then you can start hooking that up to other features. Um, I, I actually didn't start with the more sophisticated features like, like refactoring. I started, <laughs> I actually started with the most, uh, it, it seems like the most rudimentary feature, but it's also one of the most useful ones when you don't have tooling. And that is a code formatter. Um, we, we, uh -huh. It wasn't the code to well, highlight syntax highlighter, but a code formatter that would, you could give it a document and you could have it go rearrange the code into a consistent style. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Think of it as being a, a prettier uh, or prettifier. And so the, the reason that I did that is that again, you know, in this desolate landscape of tooling back in 2010, 2011, 2012, people were using whatever tool they could find. Some people were even using, uh, you know, uh, notepad plus plus and things like that. Some people were using tabs, some were using spaces, different space widths or different tab widths. And you would open up a file and it just looked jagged. I mean, it made no sense. And, and code reviews, mm -hmm. even uh, ignoring white space could be quite difficult because uh, braces would be at different places, the opening brackets for queries. A little bit of an aside, but the point is I started with that just to, just to start to understand this plugin SDK and understand how I could uh, make the base IDE, IntelliJ IDEA at the time, aware of a new language and able to handle it. And, and that allowed me to get there. Now, over time, I've added uh, more and more and more features that extend the base IDE, including refactorings. Uh, Illuminated Cloud supports for Apex, supports a number of refactorings like uh, rename and extract method, extract variable, extract constant, um, those types of things. I'll be adding more uh, over the next several months. But those came later. I really needed to just get a firm foundation with the parser and with some of these other uh, almost kind of, uh, you know, foundational um, uh, features uh, and code completion, obviously, was the number one thing I wanted to get to to, to save keystrokes. 
So I understand what you mentioned is that you created your very own Apex parser as the first step. Am I right? That's right. That's right. And there's a framework for that in IntelliJ. Uh, they mm-hmm. they have a uh, an interface that you have to implement, and then there's there's a, a domain specific language. And it, you know, I I studied computer science and mathematics in school 25 years ago, but mm-hmm. uh, but one of my favorite courses was compilers, and the the same okay. domain specific languages you would use then for for scanning or tokenizing, uh, uh, you know, a, a set mm-hmm. of uh, you know basically a stream of, of characters and then to, to parse that into a, a, an abstract syntax tree, there, there are evolutions of that, but there it's effectively the same. You, you, you say, how do you find the keywords and the identifiers and operators and things like that? That's your scanner. So I had to create one of those and that's really just a whole lot of regular mm-hmm. expressions in prioritized order. And then take that stream of tokens and how do you organize that into the actual uh, syntactic constructs of the language. And that, that's, that's your parser. And that's really a set, a set of rules, recursive set of rules uh, that say, you know, a, a document is made up of say, and I'm, I'm going to simplify a class and a class is made up of declarations. And those declarations may be uh, very like field declarations or method declarations. And then a, a method, body is made up of statements. So you have to go and kind of work all that out. But once you work all that out, um, then you can actually work with those first class concepts. Okay, so now I have statements and I have variable declarations. And and, and that that really gets you to the next level of being able to implement IDE features. Okay, I got it. I mean, that's, uh, to me, definitely a big milestone in your Luminate Cloud uh, development uh, journey. And also that's like a one big hurdle for a lot of people who want to create the similar tool, you know, in IntelliJ, because creating the, creating the parser is not easy to ask for most of the people, even most of the developers, but you did a wonderful job. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's not something that, uh, it's not a small undertaking and, uh, the parser that I have now is not hundred percent perfect because Apex is also not, it's not a perfectly, uh, regular, uh, language. It's, it, it's, there are one-off rules to it. Some things that are keywords that in another language you couldn't use as, as a variable name, you can't, you can in mm. Apex. So you have to have some kind of con- contextual identification of how, how a name is being used. There are other rules that are kind of hard to get together as well. I was speaking with the the team that did the new parser for Apex at Salesforce uh, two years ago. Um, I, okay. I, I was out at the, I was out at the, uh, the office and uh, meeting with one of the developers on the on the tooling team, and he he took me over to meet the the compiler team, and they were just at the point where they were rolling out the compiler, and it was really really funny swapping war stories about getting a functional Apex compiler because it's not like creating a compiler for a a more uh, rigid uh, language definition. So it's it's definitely a difficult task, and it's also an ongoing task because there are new language features like the switch statement, uh, and inherited sharing, and new features for the, the query language and the search language, you know, it's, it's a, it's a moving target. I understand. Um, okay. Since I'm not a Illuminate cloud, uh, user, I need your help to really get some basic understanding out of this tool. So let's assume that I'm a Salesforce developer. I'm a new, uh, beginner and I have used uh, the web browser based, uh, the dev console for m- most of Apex development. So now I decide to, to learn the Illumina cloud a little bit. So I want to 
have an introduction from you. So how would you introduce this tool to me? What kind of features it sure. supports? So, uh, you know, I, I think the first thing I'll say, and it'll, it'll start with a little bit of a, a technical uh, aspect, and then I'll talk about what that technical aspect gives you. Um, so okay, one, sure. of, one of the first things that I did um, once I had the parser in place and things like that, I started working, like I said, after I had the, the code formatter, I started working on code completion. And I realized very quickly that in order to get the type of code completion that you want in from other languages, where you hit dot and it only mm. shows you the things that are relevant at that insertion point. So, uh, you know, you say system dot and should only show you methods of the system type, or it should only show you uh, types from the system namespace. It shouldn't just show you everything that could potentially be inserted into an editor. That to do that and to do that in a way that works not just after a single dot, but works anywhere in an editor, you really need to be evaluating every single expression in a document dynamically and not only in that document but in other documents that are linked to it because once you type system you now have brought in the system namespace and the system type you have to do real-time type inference on the fly for every expression in the document i had to go figure out how to make that happen and make it happen in a way that it didn't slow down the ide to a crawl and it, it took a while mm -hmm. I, I i got it going but that became the engine by which so many other features work that i think uh may make illuminated cloud different from the other IDEs that are available um, for Salesforce development and make it more like the modern IDEs for more mature uh, tooling or, or more mature, more mature platforms and languages. And uh, so once I got that in place, it was possible to do things like, uh, like a builder pattern or uh, uh, like a fluent API so that you could continue to type expressions and keep hitting dot and it will give you the correct uh, the correct uh, offerings for code completions. Or if you hover mm -hmm. the mouse cursor over any symbol uh, and you want to click through to it, you know you can use a control or command click depending upon your platform, or you can use a, a keystroke. It'll actually navigate you to the definition of that. Or if you want in a, in mm -hmm. a type inheritance mechanism, uh, uh, you, it'll navigate you to the various implementations of say an interface method or a, a virtual method in a, in a, in a base class. Um, and those are things that, mm -hmm. that just simply were not possible in any Salesforce IDE and are still extremely rare in Salesforce IDEs because that type of real-time evaluation of everything uh, is complex and uh, is potentially expensive and you have to figure out how to optimize that. So the reason I bring that up is it's those features that make working with the code base uh, so much more efficient and so much more pleasant because if you pretty much just know i don't know this api i know the entry point to this api i'm just going to hit dot and see what happens oh okay you know i know what this symbol is or if you say you know what I, I don't really know what this implementation of this method does it's a method that we own but i and mm -hmm. i don't know where it is the ability to just you know control click through it and get to it if you want to know what the type hierarchy is, I, you know, I've got an interface and I want to find all the implementations of it. Maybe it comes from a managed package, uh, but I still want to find all the implementations. Illuminated Cloud will let you do that. Uh, you can even go mm. through call hierarchies. You can uh, put the cursor over a method and you can see everything that calls that, which obviously can turn into a very large graph, and you can find everything that it calls and effectively start to discern uh, what were the equivalent of swim lanes uh, when you were trying to understand uh, code flow. Um, so, yeah. so some of these features that allow you to understand your code base and navigate your code base and that shorten uh, the time required to write complex code 
and that make it so you don't have to memorize the API because the IDE offers up things that make sense at any given point. Those are the things that I think change a developer's life coming from other tooling. Definitely. Especially for the developers who are still exploring the language features, you know, they don't need to need to leave this IDE uh, to, to get to the web browser to explore, to, to find the functions. They can just use the IDE IntelliSense, type in the dot to show the functions. That's, that's really number one things I would like to have when I learn the new language. That's right. That's right. And it, it, Illuminated Cloud also integrates, uh, Another one of those things that I did, even in the first version of the product that I released, uh, interestingly enough, I, it kind of crept up on me. Illuminated Cloud turned four last week. I didn't realize that, but in, it's hard <laughs> to believe it's been four years that it's been out there. But uh, from the very first version, I wanted to have the API documentation fully integrated into the IDE so that you don't, mm. I mean, before that, I would always have a web browser open on one screen with the Salesforce documentation and my IDE on the other screen. Yeah. And And now with a single keystroke, you can see the documentation for whatever it is that you're, you're working with, whether it's classes or, or, or methods of classes or uh, system uh, S objects, um, account opportunity, things like that. Uh, any of the tags in the various markup languages, Visual Force, uh, Aura, and Lightning Web Components, um, all those things, the API documentation is fully integrated and it's offline. So you don't even have to be connected single keystroke and it just pops up next to the, you know, next to the cursor so that you can actually see, oh, okay, I understand. This is the set of parameters for this method call. And you don't have to go back to a web browser and keep, you know, losing context uh, in your day-to-day -day workflow. Hmm. We talk a lot about those milestones and the very important features in Illuminate Cloud. How about some other like basic things that I, as a, a dev console user, um, for example, I would like to see uh, a debug log when I run some anonymous Apex. And, and, and I assume that from the ID, I can see the log. And also I'm able to run some SQL queries to get the result. I assume that Illuminate Cloud should support these things uh, seamlessly as well. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it, it is an integrated development environment. So you want to make mm -hmm. it so that people don't have to leave the tool any more often than is necessary. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, there, Illuminated Cloud includes uh, integrated, what are called tool windows in, in the JetBrains parlance, but, you know, little docked areas for uh, an anonymous Apex uh, execution environment, basically like a REPL. Um, mm -hmm. and a, uh, a, a SQL query uh, execution uh, environment and in a log viewer. Those are the three primary tool windows. And, and the first two, uh, the anonymous Apex and the, the query tool, those are tab, tabbed editors and they include the full, uh, the full editor that you have when you're editing your code. So code completion and uh, syntax highlighting and, and syntax validation, all those things work while you're working in those tools as well. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the query tool uh, can present uh, query results both in tabular format, so as a table, and if you're doing nested subqueries, it can actually present it as a tree. So you can actually uh, view your your hierarchical data if you're querying child data and things like that. Uh, the tabular data can be copied out into a CSV format or tabular format and pasted into Excel if you want to analyze it there. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it definitely includes those things. The, the log viewer... Um, uh, allows you to change your logging levels, uh, you know, manage those, uh, view the logs. You can actually view the logs for any connection that you've configured. All these tool windows can be used with any of your configured connections. Mm. So yeah, it, it certainly includes that. You know, I, I think that that is, uh, you know, 
I think the term is table stakes. That's table stakes for any Salesforce IDE is to be able to have those available within the, the tool. Okay. I, I got it. Hi, just a quick note here. Don't forget to check the links shared in the show notes where you can find the guest's contact information and the important complimentary materials for each episode. In addition, I'd be so happy if you could share with me what you think about this podcast. You can reach me out by email, Twitter, LinkedIn, or website contact form. Your comments would definitely help me improve and deliver better content. So now let's get back to the show, shall we? Um, how about um, the architect part? I just want to get the high level picture, like uh, the Illuminate Cloud. How does it in- really integrate with the IDE and with the Salesforce? I would assume it's a multiple Salesforce API. Uh, from my point of view, just naively, I think that you have to be really good at how to create this IDE plugin for the IntelliJ. And also, you need to understand uh, deeply enough the Salesforce APIs, right? You have to get the data, parse the data somehow, and then uh, render and display the data in your uh, uh, plugins. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a good question. And you hit on an important point, and that is that you know, Illuminated Cloud is basically the glue between two very complex systems. Uh, you know, so on one hand, you've got mm-hmm. Salesforce, and and your access to that is through APIs. And on the on the other side, on the other hand, you've got uh, the the base IDE and the plugin SDK that it presents, so that you can make it do things and extend its functionality. And those are also constantly evolving. I mean, Salesforce has three seasonal releases a year where new things get introduced, and and JetBrains has multiple releases per year. They're both subscription based models with constantly evolving features, and so you have to glue those together, and you have to do it in a way that's uh, stable and you have to do it in a way that is uh efficient enough that people can sit down and use this as their as their day-to-day tool i mean that that's something that's important is the people that use these ides the people that use the users of illuminated cloud when they come into work every day and they sit down this is basically their screen for the eight to ten hours they're sitting at their desk you know it mm-hmm. some people use excel some people you know sit at uh accounting software developers use an ide and yeah. and so if if it's not fast, if it's not stable, uh, you've just basically crippled somebody. You've made it so that they can't really do their job. So that's also something that has to be constantly in the front of your mind. So as far as the architecture, the original question, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it begins with uh, two primary components. On the Salesforce side, it begins with their APIs and being able to interact with them. And there are really two suites of APIs. There are the SOAP APIs. And there are the REST APIs. And the REST APIs are certainly preferable when they're available because they're lighter weight. And uh, I think that Salesforce is probably putting more investment into them, but they're not comprehensive yet. So you have to use the SOAP APIs for a lot of things. Uh, I would say it's kind of an 80-20 type of thing right now, SOAP to REST. And so one of the things I do is I have to get the uh, the WSDLs for any given seasonal release as soon as it comes out. I, Salesforce makes those available to the tooling partners. And I generate uh, a client, uh, a native client in Java off of that using uh, like a WSDL to Java type of tool. 
And then I actually whittle it down because I really only care about a small subset of that. And that client, it generates is fat. It's huge. So I whittle it down. I've got a, basically a process for doing that into a really lean client. And that becomes the primary way that I speak to Salesforce. Uh, on the other side, uh, you've got the plugin SDK. And that really begins with a, an XML file that is a manifest that says, um, these are the extension points of the IDE that I want to uh, implement. So obviously it begins with that parser. You have to say, you know, here's, here's some languages that I want to make you aware of. And then you can go and register other things like file types. I can say that anything with the .cls extension is, is Apex. If it has a .page extension, it's Visual Force. Some things get more complex because obviously like Lightning web, web Components, that uses standard extensions, HTML, CSS, JS. So there you have to do some yeah. more dynamic things to inject the functionality there. But the point is there's this manifest how you, that you use to register yourself with the system. And then mm -hmm. each time you register yourself, you effectively register yourself as an implementation of a Java interface. So it may be a, a completion contributor, which is something that contributes code completions at a cert, in a certain context. Or it may be a refactoring handler, like a move refactoring handler. So so you have to implement those. And then as you mentioned, you have to become very knowledgeable about these APIs because mm -hmm. especially the Salesforce APIs, kudos to Salesforce for exposing everything through an API, but I think they'll also admit that their APIs can tend to be quirky and can tend to be incomplete. And that's not an excuse mm -hmm. for having a big gap in your IDE, a big gap in your tooling. So you also have to learn to be creative in workarounds. Um, to make mm -hmm. sure that the end goal is still achieved, even if the underlying system doesn't support it. And in, in, in the past, that's even been figuring out how to call some undocumented APIs that I, <laughs> I, I found other tools were using, first-class Salesforce tools, and I set certain headers the right way, and I was able to access information that isn't available publicly. And I told Salesforce mm -hmm. I was doing that and said, please don't take this away. You'll break me. And they were, they were very res respectful of that request. Um, I, they've since made some alternate APIs to get the same information public, but, but you just really have to constantly figure out how to accomplish the goal using the tools that are available to you. And then you have to tune it and tune it and tune it to keep things efficient. Yeah, I get the point. I mean, it's quite interesting. And also I totally understand what you, you just said, because um, the Illuminate cloud is like your baby and, uh, and those developers out there, they are paying for this tool. So you are the one fully responsible for get it running all the time. People don't care about the how and the what API you're talking about. As long as it's running online, it's fully functioning, then they're happy. Otherwise, it's it's still your fault. You have to make it work. Yeah, there's you know there's there's a funny aspect to that, and that is, yeah, I, I think people have experienced this recently. Is the some of the Salesforce deployment APIs and retrieval APIs have been running slow, uh, particularly against sandboxes for a few months. And, and again, mm -hmm. Salesforce is very aware of this. They're very they're transparent about it. They've got a place where you can go and submit your information to the 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 tooling team and the API team. But the fact is, is that Illuminated Cloud and really any tool that sits on top of those APIs. That is the glass. That is basically the way people interact with those APIs. They don't, as you, you said it perfectly, they don't care that those APIs are down there, how they get accomplished. What they care is that it does get accomplished. But when somebody yeah. goes and says save on a file and it takes five minutes to save a tiny class, that kills mm -hmm. your productivity. Yes. And so you can imagine when that happens, I start getting emails, illuminated cloud deployment is extremely slow and all this. 
and of course mm. you immediately want to say, not my fault, but, but it is my fault. It is because I, I am, I am the person that gave them the product that is giving that experience. And so mm. that is one of the reasons that having a really good, uh, uh, relationship with Salesforce uh, and being able to have a direct channel to go to folks and say, hey, I've got users that are seeing this and I've uh, asked them to get debug logs and I can see very clearly that, that this deployment was put in queue and then just sat in queue for five minutes. Everything was instantaneous except for it was impending for five minutes. And then the, once it got handled for deployment, it was a two second deployment. And they go, they go investigate, basically see what happened. And then I can even connect the end user with Salesforce so that they understand that they're getting the full attention of everybody responsible for solving this, but it is stressful to wake up and see that people, you know, cause I get up in the morning, I've got users around the world. There are people in other time zones that have been experiencing this for hours before I see it. And, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh no, I don't want that. So I try to fix it or at least make them aware that I'm talking to Salesforce as soon as possible. But the fact is, yeah. is these things aren't entirely under my control. All I can do is make all the right parties aware, but I still try to try to be the, um, kind of mediator or facilitator in these discussions to get to a resolution. It's it's challenging. Yeah, I, I know. I know that. Yeah. As long as you are also transparent, then they see what's what struggles you have and then will totally understand. It's a mutual understanding from either side. Yeah, that, that's fair. Mm-hmm. How about the, the upcoming features? As, as of today is uh, July of 2019. What, what are the new features that are on your pipeline? Sure. Um, so one of the things that I did, uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, in mid, mid-April, I am now 100% full-time on Illuminated Cloud. Uh, and it sounds like, I think we may t- chat more about that a little bit later, that journey. But, um, but one of the things I did in preparation for that is I put together a a working backlog that I wanted to use to structure my work now that I'm 100% dedicated to this. And and I wanted that working backlog to be visible to all users. Um, so that's actually on the wiki. And so for, for full details, you can go take a look at that. I can certainly summarize, but I would kind of put it into a couple of top, top level uh, categories of features that I'm working on. So uh, metadata management and uh, management enhancements. And really what that comes down to is Illuminated Cloud has a a really nice tool for taking the metadata that you have in your project, in your local file system, and uh, moving that back and forth uh, into with between the local project and the connected uh, organizations. Um, you can do selective push and uh, you know, deployment and retrieve. You can uh, delete from an organization if you need to get rid of obsolete metadata. Uh, you can do incremental deployment, full deployment. If you're working with Salesforce DX, it uh, uses the CLI to do push and pull for scratch orgs and deploys and retrieves. Um, so really powerful tool, but there have been some things that have been missing or perhaps not as efficient as they could be, not as the usability might be lacking. So I really wanted to go uh, go heavy on that and really make that the best, most flexible, I keep saying pleasant, but most pleasant experience uh, possible because that is that is core to Salesforce development is how do you how do you coordinate the metadata that you have in the organization with the metadata that you have in the local file system or in your version control system? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first set of enhancements is around that and, and I've actually spent the last two months uh, putting out some pretty major enhancements. Uh, one of them was full support for the the more recent Salesforce DX develop against any org model where you can uh, have source format metadata working against a non-scratch org. And I, I 100% full support for that and the ability to work with a scratch org and also 
interact with non-scratch orgs. So if you're working with Salesforce DX against scratch orgs, uh, you can push and pull your metadata or deploy and retrieve your metadata would be the right terms against like your sandbox, your, your first generation managed packaging org. So a lot of things in that area. Mm. Uh, I'll also be adding uh, selective uh, execution of unit tests uh, on deployment, uh, uh, check only deploys, which believe it or not, have not been there to date, uh, and the ability to do fast deploys once those are complete, but just really filling in those gaps. Mm -hmm. So that's the first set of enhancements. The second set is in the, the area of Lightning, both Aura and, and Lightning Web Components. There are just a, there's a set of things that aren't there yet. Uh, there are some code completions. Most things work properly, but there are some that don't, uh, where if you try to insert, try to use code completion to insert something, it just won't offer suggestions. I want to... Uh, the, the end goal of this phase of work will be such that if there's any place where the IDE should be able to offer suggestions for code completions, it will offer the right suggestions. And once those are in place that you can navigate through to the, to the symbol underneath it, the declaration of symbols. So full support for uh, code completion and navigation where that's not there right now in Lightning, both Aura and Lightning Web Components. I'd say it's about 80% done now, 85%. But that gap, I mean, when you hit it, Again, it's like it interrupts your workflow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what Scott uh, mentioned are like the most important uh, items in the backlog. And uh, again, today is like a July 2019. So by the time our listeners listen, depends on when to listen to our this episode, maybe some of the features has already been implemented. So definitely head out to our show notes to check this uh, public backlog Scott has and then check what's the latest status of these things. All right. So I think we've covered a lot about the Illuminate Cloud, the features, and how you have uh, developed it, and how much like a struggle and how much challenges you have had so far. I don't know. Now it's a couple of years since the beginning of the journey. Now when you look back, do you feel like, am I God here, you know? It's just the so fantastic tool you have created. What, what's your feeling personally? How do you like this tool? Oh, <laughs> how do I like it? I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, no, I am. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, this thing came to be because, as I mentioned, because I had a need. It did, I, I didn't set out originally to create something for other people. I, I found my day-to-day -day work to be very tedious because of the lack of tooling, I created it for myself. So the fact that I've created a tool until until April this year for the last four four years, this has been my primary day-to-day -day tool, not just that of other users of IC, but my primary. And even today, uh, we were chatting about this briefly earlier, uh, I think it's important for me to continue to be a user of the tools so that I experience the same pains that the users mm -hmm. do and once something becomes my pain, it gets fixed, yeah. right? Um, and so I, I, one of the things I did when I decided to go full-time is I, I decided to have a project going on the side, a Salesforce development project that I set aside some time every week for. And uh, I go and work on that using Illuminated Cloud. And as I find issues, if I, as I find inefficiencies, I, I open bugs. So that continues to be the case. I very much, I'm very proud of the tool. I'm very happy with it. I also feel like I, I project down what's ahead of me. I feel like I'm maybe not even halfway to where I would love mm -hmm. to be, but that's always going to be a moving target. Uh, you know, new features come out on the Salesforce side or on the, the JetBrain side, and I want to implement them. But having said that, I'm extremely, I'm extremely pleased with the way it's come along. Um, what I'll say is it's not so much about the tool, but about the experience, because I think that's the more important thing is 
this has been the most fulfilling professional experience I've ever had. And that's not just lip service. Um, one thing is to take something that's, that's wholly in your mind and to have it realized and to be able to give it to other people to help make their, uh, their day more productive. It's, it's Mm. amazing to get feedback from people that, Oh my God, this, this, this is fantastic. I mean, this has changed my satis- my job satisfaction. That puts a smile on your face and it's, it's great. Um, additionally, I've said this a few times, the Salesforce developer community is unlike any other developer community that I've, I've experienced. You know, my primary background is in Java, but I've also done a few years of work in, in kind of Windows, COM, C++, and, and Unix C development. And I've gone to conferences for all these things. And people are nice and all that. It's different. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the Salesforce developer conferences, Trailhead DX, or you go to the developer track at Dreamforce. And it's, it's you know, a family. It seems cliche, but it really is. People just want to hang out and enjoy each other's company. And there's online communities for this. I, I, I actively participate in the Good Day, Sir uh, Slack mm-hmm. community. Uh, absolutely fantastic community of people who just want to help each other and have fun and, and, and enjoy each other's company. In other communities, it seemed more competitive, combative. And, and I just, I don't know. I love this community and I love the feedback you get from people. And sometimes the feedback can be, it uh, can sting a little bit, but it's always constructive and it's always uh, for the right reasons. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, getting into the, the, so I really started working on illuminated cloud in earnest five years ago. It was released four years ago. Um, there was about a year lead time, uh, during which I decided that I wanted to make it a commercial product, uh, after I had enough of a, a set of features in place, uh, and for all but the last two months of that, three months of that, uh, I was working two jobs. Needless to say, that's been exhausting. You know, the good is that I've been a user of it full time. The bad is is that uh, weekends, evenings, uh, holidays—that's the, really the time I have to work on Illuminated Cloud. And um, it's been wonderful. I've learned a lot about Salesforce as an ISV that I've been able to, you know, take and put into Illuminated Cloud, uh, and. That's why you'll probably see a lot of the, the the primary use cases in Illuminated Cloud are tuned more towards ISVs than the more consulting or internal IT side of things. Uh, that's changed as I've gotten feedback from those user populations. But being able to focus on this as my day to day, as my day to day vocation, is, is a dream. I mean, it really is. I've been able to take something that I created that I love, for which I have years worth of ideas in my head, and I I now get up in the morning and come in here. And it's what I work on. And I interact with my community throughout the day. Um, it's mm. fantastic. Really, really great to hear your story. And I also think uh, a lot of our listeners, uh, Salesforce developers, they might also have the same dream as you have. They want to create their own uh, product. Maybe one day they can also get some side income or even full-time working on, on their own product. So what is the number one your experience sharing to those people? Wow. Um the number one, let me think about mm-hmm. that for just a moment. I mean, th- th- there are a few things that popped in my mind. So one is, and this probably is number one, is that if you want to, if you want to go do this, you need to understand if you want to take an idea and you want to implement that idea as a technical product, and you want to make that available to other people and stand behind it, support it. Uh, you need to understand that it doesn't end with 
writing code and compiling it and packaging it and delivering it. It doesn't, it doesn't end with that. Uh, there's so many other aspects to this that I certainly didn't fully appreciate. Um, and I still learn about on an ongoing basis. Um, things like uh, digital rights management, if you're planning to make it commercially available. Um, how do you do that? And how do you do it in a way that it's, you minimize disruption to the end users? And that means things like licensing and code obfuscation to protect your intellectual mm -hmm. property and things like that. Um, where's your point of sale? How do you collect revenues for it? And how do you integrate that seamlessly into an overall process? How do people buy it and immediately have access to your product? And if you're going subscription-based, how do you make that a recurring thing? And how do you make it so that customers have access to manage their account? You know, these are things that are not part of the product you're building, but they're part of the, exp the total mm -hmm. experience. Um, there are legal aspects that you don't necessarily think about. In the past year, GDPR came to be, and there's a whole set of privacy things that that brings to the table. And, uh, you know, ownership of privacy data and you being in this uh, chain of responsibility uh, and and... And now, now you have to make sure that you are responsible for that aspect of it. Um, and, and similarly, your customers may have their own legal terms that they, uh, that they need based on them being a financial institution or a government institution or academic or, or medical, right? HIPAA and things like that. And you have to figure out how you're going to deal with that. The point is, is that, you know, I, I joke with people and I say, all I ever wanted to do was write some code, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a developer. And... <laughs> And I did, and I wrote a lot of code and it works pretty well. And, but I probably spend uh, as much time each day working on uh, pre-sales and post-sales support and uh, contracts and things like that as I do writing code. That's something I plan to address by maybe bringing on somebody to help with that uh, in the next year or so. Um, but that is a huge part of this business. And of course, if you want people to be really uh, happy with the product. You don't, you don't just have to make a good product. You have to provide really, really fantastic support. You have to make it so that if people have issues and they will, um, that, that you make them understand that you're going to help them address those issues in a timely fashion, that you understand the impact to their business, um, of those issues. So that's the biggest thing is understanding. It's not just writing the code and lobbing it out there. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot, Scott. This is all the question I have in my mind, and uh, I'm really glad that you come join me after the talk and share all your invaluable experience you had along the journey. Thanks, Scott. Oh, my, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. I really enjoyed getting to chat with you, and uh, hopefully next time we're at a conference or in the same place at the same time, I'd love to, love to meet up and say hi. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Scott. Chat to you okay. next time. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Hey, this is the end of the show. If you enjoyed the content, please connect with me and let me know your thoughts. All my contact information is available on the website at salesforceway.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.